Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Tonight we have a very special guest, Mr. Mike Jeffers. You want to say hello? Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Glad to have you on. And uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, and everybody. Uh, so, so Brent and I know Mike from. I know you went to uh, we went to high school together, but I, you were a few years ahead of me. I didn't really know you in high school, but I got to know you afterwards through J.R. Uh, McIntyre, who was a guest recently, and a show you guys were doing called a podcast called Yammerhead that I think inspired uh, both myself and Brent. Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, uh, I mean, we're we're just doing it for fun. It wasn't it wasn't popular, or I don't really think it was good but it was a podcast and that was the thing to do at the time right right (laughs) right and it was hey did you guys ever do that podcast because kara and i my wife we drove through smithville which we which we're all pretty familiar with you know down near bloomington and i drove past a place that i swore i once did a a yammerhead podcast with Corey, and and it was like (laughs) it was like the back of a shop or something it was like a I don't want to say weird because if you were living there, that, that's rude. <laughs> Is that right? Was there like a like a strange building in Smithville that you did a podcast out of? Yeah, there. It was. A, I think it was an old vocational school, and okay. uh, then it got turned into like rental garages. And uh, a a friend friend of ours was renting the space because he was like an electrician, and there just happened to be a really cool like little. Uh, sound studio in there a room that we turned into a sound studio and so our various bands jammed there and yeah we did we did do an episode with you guys as a matter of fact uh i do remember that night you guys came and we had locked ourselves out no one had the key to get in and i remember Corey, you spent about 15 minutes like trying to break into the place like using like it was one of those doors where it was like you could get a credit card if you can get a credit card in. You could you could get the knob open, right? Right. And you you spent like a good chunk of time using various <laughs> slim objects to to jimmy in there, and it, I don't think it ever worked. Actually. No, that's uh, see that's why uh, that's why I did get yeah my my yeah I tried breaking and entering for a while, but it just didn't work out for me. <laughs> but no, and then and then Mike, you've uh, 
it's cool. You moved up here to the Chicago area a little bit before I did. And it's been cool, you know, because I, I, I moved up here in 2015 and, and it's been nice. We've hung out, you know, a couple times before the pandemic, you know, back when I was still seeing, hanging out with people in person. And it's always nice, you know, somebody, you know, in a, in a new location. Yeah, man. And um, are, are you still doing the improv? Are you, I mean, well, with COVID, obviously, it's uh, it's hard. But yeah. have things, like, lifted a bit? Are you able to, like, you know, get I was, together with people again? Well, I was just starting to think about, because I was kind of in between things when COVID hit. Like, I had just gone through IO's, uh, you know, the, the program at IO for, for their improv program. And then they shut down. Like, they're permanently closed down. They're not opening back again. And I know there are, like, Second City was doing stuff, and there are, of course, smaller theaters that are doing smaller shows. And I was just just kind of starting to think about getting back into stuff and where I would want to start. And then and then the Delta variant hit. And, like, you know, and now, like, every place is, like, breaking, having record-breaking new cases every day. So, no, I yep. haven't, uh, since COVID hit, I haven't gotten back into anything. I've just been uh, doing this podcast and, and writing a lot, so... Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it won't last, hopefully, too much longer. Right. You know. So. Yeah. I've gone through a couple of changes. Like, um, like what? <laughs> I'd like to talk to you guys about. Well, you know, guys, the um, Are you summer's coming to Well, the summer's coming to an end. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, this is a great, it's a great renaissance. It's time for, time for a change, you know, and, and um, well, I just want to say, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Why aren't you popping Celsius? Oh, shit. Brent just put on aviator glasses. Celsius, guys? He's chugging a white claw. Okay, this is the new rage. That's right. You know, it's all slap and no cap. Oh, shit. Goddamn, Brent, Brent just upped this cool factor by like 15. Why, why aren't you guys sitting in a bathtub full of Orbeez with your Celsius? Okay? Damn. That's where you need to be, guys. Well, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Brent, but the seltzer game has sort of exploded, and you know, White Claw is sort of the basic bitch of the <laughs> seltzers now. So that's why that's why we invented the, the term "all slap, no cap." Okay? That's, that's what it's all about. Oh shit! So you feel good about yourself when you're on the beach, getting too much sun. Oh man. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, now that we've been out-cooled by Brent, we know we'll never match that level of coolness. Mike, do you want to tell us what, what movie we're, we're talking about tonight? It was it was very pleasant for me to revisit. I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, and uh, I really enjoyed rewatching it again for the first time in probably yeah. 15, 20 years, maybe. Uh, yeah, so uh, because I like, to, I like to do a little like movie binge of, you know, uh, anniversary kind of stuff. So I, I picked this because it's the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. of An American Werewolf in London, which is not only is it, in my opinion, the best werewolf movie mm-hmm. ever made, it is probably one of the top 10 horror movies ever made. Um, just like not not in, not in the sense of it being scary because it, it does have that, but just the 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 like the technical work on it um just sort of the 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 i don't know the vision behind it and by vision i mean like like uh it has it has this like less is more Mm -hmm. sort of quality to it that is when it's done well 
when it's done right, it it can it I mean it makes a movie like so much more scarier than getting something that just like is like every five minutes there's a wolf out or every ten minutes there's a jump scare or yeah. something like that. It's it's just sort of I don't know. It, it's almost a perfect movie in my opinion. <laughs> nice. So good. Oh man, I was so surprised. I was worried at first, but then it just became so good. Yeah. Had, had, had you never seen this before, Brent? I'd never seen it before. Oh, yeah, man. It, really, it, it, it's a curveball. It is a curveball because you know the, the guy's backpacking around, and you're like, "What is this?" It, it seems a little cheesy, but it's so perfect. You're so right. Lo- yeah, lo- and and you know, like it's it's John Landis, and it's it's not really something you expect a guy like John Landis to do coming right off of Blues Brothers. Yeah. So I think this came right after Blues Brothers. So, um, you know, and, and he's done a couple of horror movies, like, in the past. But I think this this might have been his first... I don't. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't know if Twilight Zone was before or after this. Oh, that's but, a good um, question. Yeah, it was, I, think it, I think it was a little ba- bit after, but I could be wrong. I think it was after, though. I think that was a little bit yeah. later. Yeah. But, I mean, Landis, Landis is kind of, you know, he was known as sort of a comedy guy. Mm-hmm. And, but there, there is, there is plenty of things to laugh at in this movie as well. You yeah. know, it's not, it doesn't take itself too seriously. No. It's yeah. And I, and I almost feel, thing. I almost feel like the comedy beats are hit a little bit, almost land. And, and again, like, I love everything in this movie. I think the effects are, are incredible. Uh, and, and I agree that I don't know, at least a werewolf transformation. I don't know if I've ever seen in any other movie as good of a werewolf transformation and and as good yeah. and, as an, and enjoyable as the horror beats are i almost feel like the comedy beats land even harder and are even stronger than any of the horror beats in the movie okay i only counted like maybe one bit it was, at the, it was near the end it was near the end one comedy bit it seemed like no i think it was all very justified the, the little funny moments to break you know to break the tension but there was one bit it was like out of nowhere and it was it was like the detectives or whatever are in are in are talking and one detective leaves and closes the door behind him and then you could, i could even like anticipate that i was like this is a bit that's about to unfold and the guy turns <laughs> around and almost runs into the door yeah well well and see and those but they had built like that character was bumbling before when we first met him and it's like it's it's subtle comedy but he, but even like the part where the the doctor, Dr. Hirsch or whatever, when he gets the phone call and he's like, tell him I'm dead, tell him I've passed on and not like, and, and, and within <laughs> yeah. the context of like a serious horror movie, it, it almost doesn't even feel like com a comedy beat, but like, that's definitely a comedy beat, right? Like tell him I'm dead. <laughs> like tell him not to bother me anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, we get, we get some, uh, you know, we get some, some buddy comedy in the very beginning, you know, mm. to like the, the sort of like banter you'd get between two friends backpacking, you know, uh, talking about like the ladies that they're getting ready to hook up with. Um, there was, you know, him, him waking up in the, uh, wolf den in the zoo, you know, that right. was uh, that's definitely a comedy beat. Yeah. A, good, a good comedic moment, you right. know, taking the balloons and, uh, from the boy. Oh, and that's, yeah, when he's yeah. like, Mom, Mom, an, oh, a, yeah, a naked man that. stole my balloons, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, naked American stole my balloons. Yeah, naked American, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and you know, like, um, the main guy, uh, man, I forget the actor's name. I, you know, David I, Naughton? I always remember, what's that? David Naughton? 
David Nutt. Yeah, I always remember Griffin Dunn, but I, I forget <laughs> David Nutt. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, David Nutt. He he uh, you know, he hangs dong in this movie. Oh yeah. And it's, there's nothing funnier than like a you know a swinging dick when the guy's trying to yeah. a guy running through a public area. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Or in the woods. In multiple scenes, and I heard, I guess he was like the face of Dr. Pepper. Like you can, you can go and look up old Dr. Pepper commercials with this guy and it's David not like drink Dr. Pepper. I love it. It's a party. Right. But I guess they, I guess just, just, (laughs) I slurp it up like this. But I guess that's when they were on, he was unveiling the cube. (laughs) Well, so I guess they, they fired him. Dr. Pepper let him go. Because of the uh, specifically because of the nudity in this movie, they weren't they weren't uh, comfortable with it. So, <laughs> all right, well, that's that sucks. But you know, yeah, who, who needs them? Right. I, guess. I mean, you feel like Dr. Pepper out of all the sodas, right? A doctor would be more comfortable with with a little bit of, of male nudity, right? Being a yeah, doctor, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but no, uh, I, what were those like? TV show in the 80s where the guy wore like the human anatomy like like stretchy suit yeah yeah what is that Mr. Body Mr. Body Body, was it yeah that'd be that'd make a good Dr. Pepper commercial (laughs) (laughs) you have to look it up Corey it's pretty good no that rings a bell like I, I no honestly you mentioned like a guy wearing that costume and it's like a memory I haven't thought about in a couple decades you just unlocked for me and I was like Wait a minute! I what is this? I do know this memory. <laughs> it was so weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but no, yeah. I think and and you were mentioning Mike that um, yeah, John Landis. So he wrote this in. I think he got the idea for it and wrote it in 1969 when he was working oh, on wow. another movie, and he he couldn't get it made for years because everybody thought it was they would read the script and they thought it was either too funny for a horror or too scary for a comedy. So it took him a while to get it made. Um, but yeah, so John Landis, I mean, just looking, I was just looking through some of the movies he's done, you know, Kentucky Fried Movie, Blues Brothers, you mentioned, Trading Places, The Twilight Zone, Spies Like Us, Three Amigos, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time, uh, Animal yeah, Animal same. House, Coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop 3, like... Um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's famous. Like, yeah. he's, you know, he's definitely up there in the, in the top tier of of uh directors who've made iconic movies for yeah. sure yeah well and the fact that and maybe the the greatest music video of all time that kind of transcended what a music video was and could be you know he took his whole crew from this basically and did michael jackson's thriller yeah so. yeah he, yeah he kind of just wanted to do another like werewolf thing right? yeah that's what he <laughs> yeah but uh, like that werewolf I, I don't know if well first of all we got to mention that like the the hero of this movie is Rick Baker the, yeah. the the special effects guy and he's like he's famous he's super famous yeah and he's like one of the best in the business I I don't know if Rick Baker worked on the thriller video he did but you know he did okay mm-hmm. all right well I was gonna say he was like he, 24 years old when he did that movie when did did the werewolf movie really yeah yeah he's really yeah young. i think i think he's yeah he's 70 now so uh-huh. 
I know he's a he's a judge on a like a Halloween competition show that okay. <laughs> I've, I've watched occasionally. That's good. I thought I thought you were gonna say he's like a federal judge. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah, he's a federal judge now. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a, like a, that was a weird pivot. Right. Yeah. Weird change in his yeah. career. But that was his that was his COVID pivot. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> he's like, you know what? I think I need to try a new career. I'm gonna just throw these robes on. <laughs> but no, and and an interesting thing about Rick Baker. So I guess he was he was talking to John Landis because he'd had the idea for this movie for years, and Rick Baker had been developing ideas for it, and you know, trying to come up with ways to do this werewolf. And I guess John Landis called him and was like, "Hey, I finally got the go ahead for American Werewolf in London." And at that point, Rick Baker was working on The Howling. Uh, which is because oh, right. there were a couple other werewolf movies that came out this year, The Howling and Wolfen. But Rick Baker was like taking what he had been developing and he was using it on The Howling. And John Landis was like, "What the fuck, dude? This is like this is for for American Werewolf in London. What are you doing?" So Rick Baker quit The Howling to go to go work on American Werewolf. And I guess in his place, another guy stepped up. What's this guy's name? Rob Botin, Brent, who did all the special effects for The Thing. Which oh, was, oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Man, isn't that that's crazy that three werewolf movies come out in eighty one. Yeah. I can't I can't think of another time when like three werewolf movies all came out in the same year. That was <laughs> just so weird. And and for American Werewolves in London to be so like like just be a classic, so iconic and so good yeah. in competition with the other two. Like to be honest, I had never seen the other two mm. movies. Now, they're they're on my list to watch like later probably for Halloween this year, but, um, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's, it's going to be tough competition up against this one. Yeah. Like I, I would, I wouldn't want to release a movie against American Werewolf London. <laughs> no. To me, another werewolf. I mean, obviously no one had seen it yet, so no one knew if it was going to be good or not. And I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure that because Landis, it took him you know, a long time to get it done. I, I'm going to guess that a lot of people weren't really expecting it to be as good as it was be, because of all of the obstacles that he, you know, he had to overcome all the hurdles he had to jump to yeah. get it done. Usually that's uh, you hear about that. And usually that's sort of a, you know, like a red flag that like, you know, is this going to be good? So many people passed on it. No one was excited to do it. So, but I'm, it's incredible though. And back to the Rick Baker thing, one of my one of my favorite little details of the Rick Baker makeup is the first time, uh, not David, the other guy, uh, Griffin Dunn's character's yeah. name. Yeah. What are the names? It's Jack and uh, is David Jack, Jack and David? Yeah, yeah Jack, Jack. Jack. Yeah. So the first time that that Jack appears to him, like uh, as a, as the undead, there's this tiny little piece of skin that's like flapping on his neck yeah and it just keeps flapping <laughs> and you kind of you kind of can't take your eyes off of it every time and and it's just it's just one of those like great little like gory details like the the makeup is just fantastic yeah yeah it's so good well and i read that they, they had to trim it down just to get an r rating like they had to trim down the the sex scene a little bit and then i guess <clears throat> there was also a bit where because in that scene you're talking about, he's like eating David's food, right? His hospital food. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. I guess they had yeah. a thing where he like takes a bite of the sandwich and it falls out of it falls out of wow. his neck, 
but they had to. I guess they had to cut that. the The ratings board was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> that would have made more sense because I was. I had that thought while watching. I was like, why is it just like falling out of the hole? Yeah, and, you know, and, and I mean, as funny as that is, I I think it's probably another good cut where it's like because you, you're trying to keep this balance. You're trying not to make it too like funny. Yeah, and that that feels like that feels sort of like a cartoonish sort of thing to yeah. happen, you know. For like food to come to, you know, like a skeleton eats food and it falls, it falls through his ribs or something. It's something you would see in like Looney Tunes or something. Yeah, that's true. But uh, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, it's it's just it's because of that and it's because of that balance. But um, I think one of my favorite things about this movie is, is of course it you know it eventually becomes about the you know the wolf, but more than just like the you know, the wolf and the, 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 like, sort of monsterism of it is the curse. And I think they, they lean really hard into, like, the curse aspect, which which is, I mean, I think it's, like, one of the best parts of it. Like, that whole mm-hmm. first half, when he's, the, the it starts off with the dreams, and then he starts to see, like, uh, he starts to see the, the, the undead, you know, it, and it, it's just sort of, like, it's, it's these things that, like, um, like symptoms, yeah. sort of like you know, like it, it, it's like a build up to like some sort of disease, you know. And and the dream sequences are um, they're just insane. Like I, I honestly like they, they start off kind of like what you'd imagine. Like he's having dreams about running through the woods, yeah. And then, then it gets a little weirder with him, you know, the hospital bed in the woods, right? And then yeah. he has the monster face. But then the fucking dream. Where the pig Nazis come in and murder his family. Yeah, dude, I, that was I, out of I, nowhere. I want, I, I would have loved to have been in the theater, like on opening weekend, and just catching the audience's reactions to that scene. Yeah, where people were like, "What the fuck? Did this just become a different movie?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was what? like Terry Gilliam, like Brazil, like the movie Brazil. It was like <laughs> weird, like that. Like yeah, this Gestapo. Yeah. Well, and it, like, and it was, yeah. well, and the fact, and like, that's how they introduce his family. Like, you've never met his family before, so you're right. It really does feel like a, a brand new movie. And the, the only other reference we get to his family is when he calls his, tries to call him later and talks to his kid sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but yeah, it's like this. All yeah, these characters we've never met before. Like the setting we're not used to. Yeah, it's just totally out of left field, and it's. Yeah, it's 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 wild. And, and this the the little detail of well, I mean, earlier in the movie we get a little cameo from Frank Oz. You know, they're yeah. him and Landis are good friends. And then the little detail in that dream is that the kids are watching the Muppets. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a nice little throwback to Frank Oz there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's just so funny that like we start on the Muppets and then we end on on monster pig nazis slitting people's throats it, it just it like it just goes from like zero to a hundred in a matter of like 20 seconds yeah and yeah that it, it's just so funny because those masks those masks are like you know they're just cheap rubber masks they didn't like spend a whole lot of time like trying to get like the, the monster effects done you know they, they just kind of like put some stuff on there which i don't know i thought it was cool because it, it it makes it sort of dreamlike where it's it's like are are these monsters or are they 
just people wearing masks, you know? Right. It, like, e- either way, it's scary. Either, you know, it's either The Purge or it's, like, you know, <laughs> some, some mutant movie or something. Dude, right. it's fun. But, they, like, they, they, they pumped so many rounds just, like, into random walls. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, and, that's, and that, that's what was weird about it, too, like, the guns to me. Because, like you mentioned, you know, you think of somebody turning into a werewolf. Okay, he's he's running through the woods. That makes sense. Okay, he's he's like eating a deer. That makes sense. Okay, he's in his hospital hospital bed in the weird in the in the woods. It's kind of weird, but it makes sense. And then you have these monsters storm into his house, and they kind of look like werewolves a little bit. So you're like, okay. But then they start just like firing Tommy guns at everybody and just like filling the house with bullets. And you're like, what? What does this even have to do with a werewolf? Like, what the fuck? You know. And I can imagine it's it's his subconscious, whatever he thinks of as monsters or i don't know what the you know what it's supposed to be but but yeah it is it does just feel totally out of left field and it's a lot of fun i think for that reason yeah it's like i said it's sort of like the curse like it was it's interesting that like landis was trying to think of you know like how how fucked up can i make these dreams like how far am i going to lean into the the curse aspect of this this whole thing and it, it was almost like this is this is some like crazy nightmare that he had. You know, <laughs> just kind of based on based on it, you know. Yeah, I can. But been. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I and that and you know the whole seeing the undead, seeing the victims. Uh, that was another like cool aspect of the curse, you know. Like, yeah. And yeah. Like, these people aren't, and it's not just like ghosts, right? It's not just like in his head. Like they are actually there, and they 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 are like. They're just rotting. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're living, but their their bodies are falling apart, and it's just awful. And they just want to move on. Yeah, well, and that's and that's I mean, one that's one downside that's... about being the werewolf. Sorry, Corey. Oh no, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh yeah, is that is that he? But he gets this like virility, I guess, like after he becomes himself again. Yeah, and he gets this, like cool. He's got this like manly, like you know, like testosterone boost or whatever. But then that's like the downside is like you. Are then haunted by these, by these apparitions or whatever these the, the undead, like yeah. for the for the rest until you die, yeah, until well, you kill yourself, right? But then like he gets killed, like what's like do you have to kill yourself to die as a werewolf? Are those the rules? I th- I think the rules are you just you can just die, you yeah. Can, no matter so, how how you die, you're dead. Yeah, so I think I I I think now that he's dead everyone he killed will be freed of the curse, all of the undead people. But I also, um, so something I watched online about this movie was that, you know, cause at the end he's like hunkered down in this alley and all the cops are down at the alley. And, uh, what's her name? Ginny, a gutter. Is that her name? It sounds like, it looks like it should just be Ginny, a gutter, but that it's nurse price, a nurse price. Yes. The lovely nurse price. Um, but she goes down there to talk to him. And this thing I was watching, talked about how there's a moment where like you see the werewolf's face and and the, his question was is there a moment of understanding so is it david in there making the conscious decision to lunge knowing he'll be shot and essentially committing suicide or is it just the mindless monster going after nurse price and getting shot in the process yeah so yeah, it's cool it's yeah. kind of like open to interpretation and i you know that's those, those are always kind of fun endings to have 
So he did kill himself then. Well, that's the thing. Therefore, maybe, maybe. I think that's, that was the rule. I think you have to do that. Okay, yeah. Well, and, there's, and, that's, and that's funny, all the rules. And, and I just want to go back to earlier in the movie. The first time he meets uh, or he sees Jack after Jack's been dead in the hospital room. And Jack comes. And he's got the flaps on his neck. He's like, he's like, listen, I'm I, now I'm the undead. I have to walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's bloodline is severed. I'm like, did they? Is there like a, a an orientation or, or do they have like training modules? Like, I <laughs> like want to know. I want to know how Jack got all of this information. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, oh, as soon as he dies, it's like, it, like he enters like a room and there's a poster that says, "So you've been killed by a werewolf." <laughs> right. You know? And then, and then they, yeah, of yeah. course, and they have to go down through. Yeah, they will. Uh, they will. They will in a TV on a giant TV stand, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but back to your uh, point, Brent. I, I think I, I don't think the rules are spe- say specifically you have to kill yourself because the very first werewolf doesn't kill himself. Oh, that's no. true. But, but they don't show like the the undead following that one though, and that Maybe. one still could still be out there. But his his. I think his curse is over. Like whoever he killed, I think those people have moved on. Maybe, or he only sees he only sees. Well, no, that's that's not true because because David would be of his David, bloodline. David sees Jack, who was killed by the other werewolf. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, but so now David, you'd think that David would see all the other people maybe killed. By that first werewolf as well. Oh, but maybe but maybe they're just not as active because they've been dead for so long. So they're just like sitting up. They're just posted up like playing chess. They're like, we've been dead, undead for like ten years, you know. <laughs> I never like smoking cigarettes. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's well, and and that is like, I've got and I love that scene where that first scene where they go into the slaughtered lamb, that little pub. There's so much yeah, to love about place. that scene. Um, yeah. But but then you know, and they get all these warnings like stay off the moors and mind the mind the road, lads, and mind the moon. They tell them all these things, and the guys are immediately like, "Whoops, we're on the moors. Whoops, we're off the road." Well, it's like, God damn it, come on! Oh, wait, yeah. like, before that, it's like they have the most, they have the largest pentagram I've ever seen on the wall. <laughs> They're having a great time, and then like they they kind of make a comment like, "Hey, what's that thing?" Yeah, and then everyone freaks out like. What do they expect? Yeah. No one to ever comment on the pentagram surrounded by candles. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a pentangle. Pentangle. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> right. I I think the pentagram is inverted. You turn it upside down, it becomes a pentagram. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think I think when it when the 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 top star is facing upward, that's a protection <laughs> symbol. Oh, okay. And then. And then when oh. you turn it, you turn it upside down. That's that's when it becomes evil. Evil. Okay. It's so like right? the American that's flag that's when you're in distress. It's associated with Satanism. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. Well, so but but I like that these guys are like, oh, there's an evil werewolf in the area. We've been cursed. Like apparently this is weighing heavily on the townspeople at all times, right? So, but then they go. So so Jack and David go out onto the moors off the road where they're not supposed to be. They get attacked by a werewolf. And then all the people from the pub just run up and like shoot the werewolf. No problem. They just walk up and blast it. I'm like, why exactly. did you do this? I, I, I have that. I have that same sort of. I have that same reaction. Is that like they could have done? They could have just got together, banded together, and gone and hunted this thing down and killed it. It's that easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so but I know. Maybe part of it was what they they wanted to. 
Well, no, because they had this whole like existential discussion or whatever, like saying like, do, like we should do something about it. And the the, the 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 barkeep, the lady, she's she had to have been the one to finally convince them, right? <laughs> she yeah. was definitely the biggest proponent for helping him. Yeah, I think I think that uh, this guy was was a regular like at that pub. He was he was a friend or he was a family member, and this happened to him. And it was one of those things where they just wanted to they they kept it a secret, you know. They tried to keep people away, and they stayed out of its way, but they didn't have the heart to like kill to put him down. I guess that that makes sense. Yeah, maybe they just like they put out like put out a every full moon they put out a couple lambs they put out a couple goats or whatever like they'll let. They'll let Johnny go run around on the moors as his wolf self, eating the lamb. Like, that's fine. Johnny's going to do his wolf thing. But then these Americans wander out there and they're like, well, son of a bitch, we have to do something now. That makes sense. But then, like, but everyone is, like, real respectful of Johnny. And so, like, when he becomes, like, the, the man again, they're just, they just pretend like nothing. Like, he's walking around naked. And right. And like, hey, Johnny, good morning. Yeah. Nobody, nobody draws any attention so, to yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's cool because there's there's so much potential like there's so much potential backstory there that they don't get into and I'm I'm kind of glad because it it probably would have bogged the whole thing down yeah you know and yeah. and and in the the age like we're in the age of like prequels now like I'm I'm just wondering how many like prequel scripts are floating around out there that someone wants to make yeah you know about the about that first werewolf and was it. <laughs> Could it possibly have been like the the townspeople actually caused this curse? Like, did they, you know, did they do something that caused this curse to to happen? Like, maybe he was, this guy was the first werewolf. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so they all feel guilty that they cursed Johnny. Because he, like, he ate the last, like, biscuit in the bar or whatever. And they were like, curse you, Johnny. And he, so he turns into yeah. a rough and they're like, oh, shit, we went too far. Like, we... yeah. I, I, you know, I love the, the I love the, the werewolf rule of if you, you know, you get bitten but not killed, then, you know, you become a werewolf. And I also love that they, they completely threw out the silver bullet rule. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't know, like that. It just always seems sort of dumb, anyway, yeah. right? So just, just throw that out there. I, I love when you know, like horror movies or you know, directors and writers of horror movies just take liberties on the rules because you know, who cares? Right? Yeah. I mean, like the the whole you know, I I love a, a vampire movie when when it's just sort of like the whole idea of like the the cross is. You know, it's always been kind of stupid. So just throw that out. You know, right. throughout the throughout the garlic and the and the reflection yeah. and all those like an interviews like, with the vampire, like where he's like, "Oh, I actually like crucifixes." Right. That's a really <laughs> yeah, thing to say. <laughs> well, and it's yeah. I, I recently reread Salem's Lot, which has some interesting. It's like Stephen King's take on vampires, and and he he has some fun. You know, like kind of the whole theory of the book, I I, I feel like he took the the thought or kind of the theme of like, you have to invite a vampire into your home, right? And he, he kind of took that to the whole book, like the town, you have to invite the evil of, vam- of a vampire in, like the town of Salem's Lot, they're already doing evil deeds and letting evil shit happen before the vampire even comes in. So it's it's fun that he took the idea of, 
having to invite a vampire in and kind of expanded that and made it bigger. But as I was watching this movie, I just happened to read his short story called One for the Road uh, that Stephen King wrote. It's kind of a, it's it's very short. It's like, I don't know, 30 something, 40 pages, but it's basically a sequel to Salem's Lot where all these locals are sitting around in a pub drinking beer or whatever and everybody kind of clears kind of clears out and it's down to these last two guys who are closing up the bar and this guy wanders in from this blizzard and slams the door shut and his car's broken down and he's like oh please you have to come help my wife and child and the guys are like oh shit his car stopped where there's vampires and it just i don't know i i feel like anybody who enjoys this movie should read Stephen King's One for the Road because it it has that kind of very similar feel to the pub scene. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, it, yeah. And I, I I thought it was it was also interesting too that like um, this this werewolf like it it was the very first one it was sort of it was out in the countryside mm-hmm. so it was one of these things where like they were able to you know this this guy who probably at this point probably knows that he's a werewolf he stays through the countryside you know he, he tries to keep the townspeople try to keep the secret down and then for them to introduce a werewolf into a city like london yeah i mean i, I thought that was, it, it was kind of cool it was like a, a very subtle way of like upping the stakes you know and by the end of the movie now everyone's like okay well guess what werewolves are real everybody <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah, because that's not something you can keep secret in the middle of London when he's just like tearing through the streets and attacking people in the subway. Like, oh yeah, and I mean the the whole ending with the movie theater was great. And, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I remember was that like uh, a kind of um, a piggybacking off of the uh, the the bad dream of the the monsters that come okay. in and mow down his family. Miss piggybacking. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, is that like all most of the violence in this movie? Like the violence has come from the wolf, but most of it, it was either in that dream or was in that fucking car crash that happens yeah. when, he, when he comes out of the theater. That yeah. that car crash was crazy. That that one is like that one. It's like his Blues Brothers yeah. car crash, except we actually see the bodies come flying out of the yes. the, the windshields. And, and the people, like, getting her. I mean, it turned into, like, a, a high school, like, reckless driving video. <laughs> I mean, like, right. blood, blood on the highway or some shit like that. Yeah. It was brutal. It was brutal. The guy that, like, falls out of the bus and then gets ran over by yeah. another car. Yeah. People are getting pinned, between, like, bicycles. Yes. Yeah. Hey, can I talk? Can we talk about the porno theater? Yeah. Well, actually, before okay. like, before this is like the Ritz Carlton, well, porno theaters. Before we get there, I do want to touch on Brent. You mentioned before how it's the car accident scene in this is reminiscent of the scene in The Good Son, which we yeah. we just happened to cover with Jr. We did The Good Son with yeah. Jr. And it had another car crash scene that goes on for like five minutes, and you're like, are these cars still fucking crashing? What is going on? <laughs> I just like to think there's like a perpetual. It's like it's like the California wildfires. Like somewhere there's just like a continuous like crashing of of of, uh, of cars. Uh, did did you happen to catch the the name of the movie that was playing in the porno theater? I did. Yeah, I, I did, it's but called, I forget what is it. It's called "See You Next Wednesday," and "See You Next Wednesday" is a catchphrase that Landis 
has inserted into every single one of his movies. Oh, nice. It's just his own like little tag. I don't think it's maybe not every one of his movies, but a lot of them. It's in it's in Coming to America. It's in Blues Brothers. Um, I, I it's in Twilight Zone. I think it's even in uh, one of those Michael Jackson videos that he directed. Yeah, it's it's in Thriller. Oh, yeah, Trading Places. Yeah, But it's but it's funny because I because I read about that later. But I, when the guy gets murdered in the subway, there's a poster on the wall with like with some nude people and it says see you next Wednesday next Wednesday oh. and the and the and the poster is very prominent on the wall of the subway next to the guy who's about to be killed and I was like was that in the subway in 1980 in England did they just have like posters of naked <laughs> did they just have porn posters like what is that and then later you get to the theater and I was like oh it's a whole thing like it's so yeah I read and, they, oh go ahead Mike sorry and and the, the is is a pretty funny part in itself yeah too, right i mean it is. obviously it's it's something that landis directed you know for the for the guy to come in and be like oh how could you do this and he, <laughs> he was and the, the guy says something like uh well he's like uh, he's like you, know, you you promised you'd never do this again and the guy was like i didn't promise you shit <laughs> yeah and then it's like i wasn't talking to you and then the lady was like i've never met you before in my life and then he was like oh I'm sorry. Oh, just yeah. like, He's in the wrong yeah. room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. love it when movies do that, you know, because like in to, to go on the same vein of, of the good son, when they did um, home alone, <laughs> they, 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 I used to think that was like an old movie with like the keep the change. You feel oh, the, the, animal the, guy. the angels with filthy souls or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah but that was a movie they made. Yeah. Like, within the yeah. movie. I love, well, I love well, stuff like and that. And just, and as I was looking, cause I, I really did. I fell down the rabbit hole of, see you next Wednesday. Cause I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I found out that it was in a bunch of his movies. And apparently that the woman in that, in that movie is actually a porn actress named Lindsay drew. Right. And I just thought this was interesting. She had a very long relationship and had a child with a, with a fellow porn actor named Ben Dover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man. mysteries. Yeah. That, 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 I mean that that guy had to have been like pretty old because that is that's a pretty old classic uh, pun joke name there. Yeah, yeah. He was like the first one to ever come up with that joke. <laughs> yeah, but so sorry, Brent. What were you gonna say about the um, the porno theater? And I think originally it was supposed to be a cartoon uh, that that he was going to when Landis originally wrote this. Oh. But I guess by the time they and they were the first movie to film in. Piccadilly Square, whatever that is. I don't know England very well. But they were the first movie to film there in like 15 years. And by that point, all these porno theaters had moved in. So that's why Landis changed it. He was like, okay, well, it's going to be more realistic if it's a porno theater. So Yeah, it just seemed like it was a very it – it's like it's like the pig mask Nazi version of a porno. It's like it didn't make any sense. Like you walk in, it's 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 like better than like the IMAX. <laughs> you know, people were like tuxedos, like like showing you to your movie. You know, it's so weird. Because <laughs> like wonderful chandeliers and stuff all over the place. Yeah. But, well, other than the uh, the adult film that's happening on the screen, the other thing that's going on which is very cool is we you know here's all the victims yeah you know they they'll show up and they're all just fresh and bloody yeah and, except uh, for Jack. And <laughs> this is this this is a great scene too is where they're all they're all trying to like give him suggestions on how to kill himself yeah 
which is a great comedy beat. I mean, this scene was so funny. <laughs> and I, I think it, the, the editing in this movie, like, really, really helps because, because the, you know, we do get the jump scares mm-hmm. from the wolf. Like, we, we just get these, like, little glimpses. And that was, like, kind of the cool, less is more sort of aspect of it. You know, it kind of reminded me of Jaws. You know, you just, mm-hmm. it, it's just, like, real quick in and out, like, it strikes and then, and then it just cuts away like real quick. Um, the the scene where the uh, the the first couple that it kills, uh-huh. uh, they're going to that party, and then their their friend like goes outside like looking for him, and you you think like you think oh this guy's you know he's gonna bite it too yeah you know uh, or he's gonna get bit I mean uh, but in, instead like he just comes across like his friend's severed hand. Yeah, and then the and then it edits like right there to like a ringing phone, and I I just I you know it's those things that are really cool where it's just sort of sort of like you're you're expecting it to happen you know expecting like this guy to get killed too but instead like you know we just see some gore and then ah, it cuts away <laughs> and one of the best cut twos is always a ringing phone I think that's just like yeah it's one of, it's one of the best things to sort of like you know rack people's nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's, there's so many good, like, so many good shots in this. Like, I, 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 I just, I, the, the, I need to talk about the, 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 the train platform, the empty train scene, because it's, it's my probably my favorite, like, technical, uh, technically sh- shot things uh, of the whole movie is, is that we, we get the, the point of view of the wolf. You know, yeah. we always get like people seeing the wolf. You know, and the and it's always like in their on their face, like the reaction. And they get the point of view, but then when it finally catches up to them. Oh, by the way, too, the guy has to go up like a couple of different escalators as he's running. Yeah. And it's just funny to think about this wolf taking the escalator. <laughs> you won't see it, but in in my mind's eye, I'm I'm, I'm seeing this wolf like taking an escalator, like, and you know, not walking up. You know, he's he's like just riding because you know conserving the, the energy. He's not an animal. Come on, the people who walk up escalators is like slow down, right. buddy. Okay, uh, I think that's I think it's like a Jim Gaffigan, but but um. Anyway, so when get when the he... ants pretzels, you're still gonna wait in line there, right? Yeah, right, the pretzels will be there. Yeah, like hurry up and wait is yeah. basically what you're doing. <laughs> people speeding up, speeding to a red light. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so the guy the guy falls down, and we get this like this far away downward shot down the escalator. The guy falls down, yeah. And here's like you get you like the first like actual look of the wolf like walking up to the guy like real slowly. It it's fantastic. I I love that shot. I just because from that distance you don't really see the flaws in mm-hmm. in the in the creature design, you know, and it it almost like. And obviously CGI is not a thing at this point, right? But like the the fluid motion of it, it it just it looks so good. And like I said, from far away, you know, you get like it, it's so much creepier. Yeah, that I packed it up a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To watch it, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good one. Yeah. I mean, like later in the movie, obviously we get like. I'm thinking. I, I never like watched any making ofs on this movie. I should have, but mm-hmm. the, the the scenes where it, you know it runs through the street, like I feel like this is probably a guy running on his hands, like he in suit, because we never see the back legs. Right. That's really. basically that's basically what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's... And I'm guessing like maybe that his the, the guy's back legs were like on a dolly maybe, and they're you know he was like. It was something on, like that. Yeah, it's wheels. like the front the front half of the wolf, and then the guy's back legs are like running. Yeah. 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 But uh, it's... yeah, it, I mean it's just so good. Yeah, but the and the, but the practical effects in this movie, and and like you said, I. Because I don't know that I've seen a better werewolf transformation. I mean, just like the way his face is coming out and his back is oh. bubbling up. And oh, yeah. His, you know, just... Yeah, we got... Oh, yeah, shit. We got to talk about the transformation. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that is that is a fucking classic scene. Yeah. Uh, I I just... I, I, I love the build-up to it. I love the, the Creedence Clearwater song. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, yeah. that kind of... That kind of is the, the preface to what's about to happen. Um, him just sort of, like, pacing around a room as... Kind of like a like an animal would when it's trapped inside of a cage, right? Yeah. It would just it would just pace and it would be anxious. And then then when it all starts, you know, he's just like he has this like moment of recognition of he at first he knows what's going to happen because he yells out to Jack where he's like, "I'm sorry that I called you, you know, yesterday's meatloaf or something." <laughs> you know? Like he, yeah. he's ple- he's pleading to his friend because I'm guessing that like. You know he's he's experiencing some excruciating pain. Yeah. And and in that moment, I think he he knows what's happening. Although after his transfer, you know, after it's over, he has no memory of it. Yeah. So I I just think it's interesting that he knows what's happening, and then he then he doesn't. Right? Yeah. Like later on. Well, and I, uh, and I feel like that's true of people who like, you know, if you get a serious injury, like you feel it in that moment, and you feel you know, and then you go maybe you get uh, anesthetized or whatever. Well, they're because I just remember when my my dad fell off a roof at, at one point when I was when I was very young and like shattered his elbow, and I know like that was incredibly painful. But then he he goes through has the elbow surgery and wakes up, and there was a point in time where he just didn't remember. You know what I mean? He only remembered so far, and then past that point, it was all gone. So he was he experienced it at the time, but when he came to, it was all gone. You know, so I feel like I I feel like that's a pretty realistic. As far as werewolf turning into a werewolf goes, but I, I I don't know I find that incredibly believable that you would, you know, have that kind of memory loss and yeah. And then and then your dad became a werewolf. And then he, <laughs> yeah, he he was a werewolfer. He he would replace roofs, but only uh, on on the full moon, on nights of the full moon. <laughs> while you while you're while you're asleep. While you're asleep, yeah, yeah. That's the only time he could work. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of like rules, like they they left the full moon rule in here, yeah. which uh, you know is fine. That's fine. That obviously we're you know it's it's a good way to insert a lot of classic uh, rock songs or that yeah. have the word moon in them. Yeah, blue moon, yeah. Uh, bad moon rising, bad moon rising. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so the so he goes in this transformation, and it, I just I love the sound effects. Like it, yeah, it's the bubbling. It's the good. Like his bones are cracking because yeah. they're extending. Like his, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's so good. The, the sound design of it and then the, uh, the hair growing like yeah. the, is, is so cool. And then his body is extending and all this other stuff. And I mean, uh, you know, we get like one, one sort of like not great effect is like when he looks at his hand, his hand starts to extend, you know, and you can kind of, you can see the line around the hand as if, you know, it's not really there. Yeah. But still it's, it's forgivable Yeah, for all for of sure. the other great effects that's in it. Yeah. Well, even, even that, I mean, uh, yeah, even though it's like maybe by today's standards doesn't look completely realistic. I mean, just that visual of his hand extending like that. I mean, I, even, yeah. I think it was still effective and yeah. 
you know, and like you were saying, trying to think of, of wolf movies that, you know, there was in the nineties, there was wolf with Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. And then we had, uh, what was it the wolf man with Benicio del Toro and, and, uh, yeah. what Anthony, ha- and I just, no, no movie, no werewolf movie has, I think really affected me or seemed that, I don't know, just been as impressive as this one was, you know, 40 years ago. But yeah, it's just, it's just the, 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 the practical effects, um, the way that it was shot, like it, it really, like no other like werewolf movie, like really like stood up to it. Um, yeah. I will say, if you guys get a chance, there there is a really good werewolf movie that came out last year. It's it's not quite what you'd expect from a werewolf movie, but it's called um, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And okay. you get a chance. Girl. What's that? I saw one where it was like a little girl that transforms into the wolf of uh, this past year that just came mm. out. No, Sorry, that's not ahead. it. No. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, it, it that one that one is really good. I I would say that's probably, but it's yeah, like I said, there it, there's a bit of a twist to it that is not it's not something that you know you're really expecting. Uh, I don't. Know, I I would recommend it though. Okay. I am rec- I am <laughs> recommending. It. I I, I uh, anyway, back to. Um, <laughs> Back to this. Uh, I got something to say. What's up? Yeah. Dr. April. Or no, Dr. Price. Dr. Price, yes. Is it April Price? Dr. You mean Price. Alex Price. Nurse. Oh, sorry. Nurse Price, Do- excuse me. Dr. Hirsch. No, no, no. Nurse Price. Okay. I got something to say about Dr. Hirsch, too. But, but <laughs> nurse, nurse Price, it's like I get like celebrity crushes throughout movies. Right. And I had one for her so hard. She's so beautiful and like, and charismatic. And what was weird to me at the end was thinking like, this lady has to be like 70 years old. (laughs) It was so strange to have like a movie crush. And then like to realize this person is so old. (laughs) Like I looked her up uh, and you're, yeah, it's just, (laughs) it's, it's really funny. It was, it it listed a a fun, um, uh, emotional response from, that I, I dug. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I get to, I feel that. Yeah. You're like, yeah, crushing on this lady. And you're like, wait a minute. She's like 80 years old now. <laughs> yeah. But, she's not that person anymore. Yeah. Well, did you so, see some of her, she was in at this time she was in, she had been in Logan's run and then she was also in child's play too after this, but she, I didn't realize this. Apparently she was in the Avengers and captain America winter soldier. Uh, I guess she was one of, she was one of the, um, who the people above Nick Fury who like controlled everything. And so if you remember, I don't, if you remember in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, when she pulls a gun on Robert Redford's character and she like peels her face off and it's the Black Widow, it's Scarlett Johansson. Do you remember that? Before it's her. Before it's Scarlett yeah. Johansson, it's this woman. It's Ginny Agutter, Agutter, whatever her name is. Yeah. So. Okay. So she's still doing stuff. She's still doing stuff. She's still active. But yeah, probably a little too old for you now, Brent. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, what about Dr. Hirsch, though? Like, the most amazing doctor in the world. Right? Like, was so he, like, going to and looking, like, trying to, like, investigate this situation, you know? Yeah. He's, he, he was, like, a good character. Yeah, he, he kind of, he, he turned in, he, he, he does, like, give himself the investigator role 
of the movie. You know, he wants to go find out more. But I, I would have to disagree with you on, on the whole him being a great doctor because because he comes to the conclusion that all of these people are suffering some sort of mass delusion. Right, mass delusions. And they have they have somehow like transferred their superstition onto David, so that David now believes that he he really is a werewolf. And I'm going to say this this is a quite the leap. Right. This is qu- quite the mo- quite the ridiculous hypothesis for a man of medicine to have. <laughs> but but as a man, sure, sure. But I I just I think it's funny that that it's. You know, instead of creating another character to be, uh, you know, a detective or to be a, you know, give a police officer, like there's cops, but like you said, they kind of do this like a world hardy bit. Right. They're they're just there for like some levity. The doctor is actually the, you know, the the investigator here, but it's the the conclusion that he comes to is, it's just so it's just so ridiculous. And I mean, he comes to it seriously. Uh, it would make more. I don't know. I I thought like it should have been like he should have come to the conclusion, and this immediately been like, what am I talking about? That just sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> like how how can you transfer, how can you transfer a superstition or transfer a delusion onto somebody like that? You know. Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm you know it happens. There's there's like the power of suggestion. Yeah. Is, is a real thing. I mean, you know, Jonestown has shown us that. Right. But, yeah, it's um, a hell of a leap to make with with on the evidence that I don't, maybe he had more evidence, yeah. but yeah, based on what we saw. But I do, I do like the idea of like I tried to imagine like what if he was right, and so like it's kind of like werewolves are a real thing, but they don't act. It's all just psychologically induced. So like if enough people believed in it you know, believe that, say, you were a werewolf, Mike, then I, on every full moon, you would go out and act like a werewolf and, and like, sure. tear, tear people apart, murder people, whatever. And then, so you wouldn't actually be a werewolf, but I like the idea of, like, a psychologically induced, like, basically a werewolf curse, but there's just no actual lycanthropy going on. I thought that would be interesting, you know, if his theory yeah. were actually right. So it's yeah. not like, he his car near a park, undresses and neatly folds his his, his outfit and <laughs> runs, runs out <laughs> yeah there there is a uh, starbucks <laughs> there is a there is a movie another movie that it kind of explores that idea it's a nicholas cage movie called the vampire's kiss i haven't seen that uh-uh. yeah that kind of explores that idea of uh, uh, of someone uh, thinking that they are a vampire without actually being one. That's interesting. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, there's also um, Shadow of the Vampire. I don't know if you saw that with Willem Dafoe. I have not known. Like, yeah. That's that's like the... That's that's a movie about like the, the actor, Max Schreck, who played Nosferatu. Right. In like the 1921 movie or whenever it was. Yeah. 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 And then there, there's like sort of this like... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's real or if it's sort of a Hollywood myth, but Max Shrek. The whole idea of the movie is Max Shrek like gets so into character, like super method, right? That he, he that he dresses. He he always he's always in Nosferatu costume and makeup, 
and he actually like lived in a cave for for that time and like really did believe at that time that he was a vampire you know it, it just it got into his head right that he was one huh. um but yeah it, it's interesting that the whole i the the, the you know the idea of suggestion that you are a monster but that is a that is a cool thing to think about like what you know you just kind of game out that sort of scenario of the movie like what if they had just like convinced him he was but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm i'm glad it wasn't i'm glad yeah it, you know yeah make it a make it a goddamn werewolf film. right no let's, yeah let's... maybe for, for another movie <laughs> that for another movie that would be an interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah that's just they're aware of. <laughs> but yeah I, I i love the like little by little we see more and more of the wolf uh i i love the in the in the porno theater when the, the guy comes in with the flashlight and we see it, it's a great shot of it you know like mauling a guy and it, like you know it looks up that's an awesome shot um it like when it finally bursts out of the theater and bites the dude's head off Oh, that was that was such a good shot. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Head just in the theater, you couldn't tell that story. Like if you were in the theater watching the movie and doing your thing, and a wolf attacks a bunch of people, and just go home. And be like the craziest thing happened to me at the point. <laughs> 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 it would be like. It was like, honey, you'll never believe what happened to me at the ice cream shop. Right, right. I was, yeah, I was right next door at the ice cream shop. <laughs> but the news specifically says the porno theater was at that. Yeah, that's right. And I was at the shop next door, which is an ice cream shop. <laughs> right. Well, I love, I love how it. Well, and he he gets so he gets pinned in in that porno shop. And immediately, like eight hundred cops descend on the place, as well yeah. as. Like but and the inspector and the sergeant, like the bumbling Laurel and Hardy duo, they pull up within two minutes. Like apparently they were like every character from this movie was apparently already on their way to the porno theater when this happened. Oh buddy. One guy get his head easily bitten off too. Oh yeah. Came clean off. Um Yeah, oh like one thing I, I want to talk about. Another great scene was in the in the beginning when that first wolf is is stalking the the friends. Yeah, on, on the, the moors. That that is a really good suspenseful scene too because because they can see it. Like they at first they hear it. You know, it's, it starts raining. They hear it and they get a little scared. And they're like, oh, you know, whatever. And they they're like, oh, let's just get back to the slaughtered lamb. And uh, and. And Jack's reaction here is so good when he, when they hear the like the wolf howl like even louder like closer, and Jack's right. He was like, he was like, oh, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> you know, it's one. Of, it, it, it was like it was such a good like reaction yeah. to it because because I can I can see myself like I can see myself saying something like that I, that I'm out in the woods yeah. and it's raining and you hear a sound like that, you you just start, you know you you just start, huh. You know, you're you're scared, but at the same time, you're just sort of like, oh, you just you're frustrated. That, right. That, you're that, like, come that, on, that, fucking. This is happening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're you're more frustrated or you're more disappointed than scared, but you're just just as this. What the fuck is that? <laughs> his delivery. His delivery. Yeah. Well, that. Uh, but then when then when they they see it, you know, they they're kind of like describing 
they're, they're like, oh, is that just like a dog, you know? And then they go back the other way. They're like, oh, it's circling us. Um, yeah, there's such a such a good shot to that. And then like then he does the whole fall down. He like, he falls down, and they're like, ah, you know, because they they scare themselves. And that's yeah. yeah, that's the attack. There's and I also noticed there's a lot of there's a lot of like quick shots. There's maybe about two or two or three, maybe four shots of the wolf like attacking someone's shoulder you know you know so it's like real quick but then that's that's what we see we see like see a straight on shot of the person and then the wolf head coming off from the side and like biting a person's shoulder right <laughs> maybe that's just it's, that's just the best place for a wolf attack yeah yeah sure shoulder why not <laughs> for the camera like you don't get like a full shot of the face of the werewolf and it's like a good body part maybe for like for it to latch onto yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obviously a hand, a hand inside of like a, a you know, a mat or a puppet. You know, it's yeah. just they're like, oh, right here, and and clearly, like, you know, this is where the the editing comes in to to play here. It's like real fast cuts, so we don't, you know, we see it, uh, you know, we see an attack and then cuts away real quick. So we don't really. It doesn't really like linger on it and give us enough time to be like, oh well, that's that's ridiculous. Why would it, you know? Why would it attack there? That's that's why it's like just you know, just a split second shot, and that it's effective that way. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to show too much. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I think as we well, I'm talking. I I did want to mention that there are so many great like, especially in that pub scene, but like Griffin Dunn. The guy who plays Jack is Mr. Bixler in My Girl, right? He's like the uh, the poetry teacher for for Veda in My Girl. I don't know if you guys oh, remember yeah. that, <laughs> but he's fun it's in that. And then there's a guy, David Schofield, the dart player in this movie. He went on. He was in like Pirates of the Caribbean and Gladiator. And Brian Glover, the chess player, was the warden in Alien Three. You know, yeah. I, I like I knew that guy looked familiar, but but I didn't realize. And then I guess the other chess player, Rick Mayall is a big drop, what's that drop dead fred drop dead fred yeah yeah i had no idea i guess he's a big staple in british comedy and he oh, was on black oh. adder and has done all kinds of stuff but drop dead fred and he was on he's on the young ones which mm-hmm. is an excellent was a great show i loved that show great british uh sitcom show and he um the last thing he did was he's on a show called uh man down with uh greg davis and that show is excellent. He plays the dead on that show, and he's he's he was a very funny guy. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Mayhall, of that guy. Yeah, all right. Uh, so I didn't. So yeah, I went back. Yeah, so I was looking because, like I said, that guy kind of looked familiar, and so I was looking through all the actors, and especially in that pub scene, I was like, oh, I, I was like, I know all of these people from something else, you know, later in their career. Yeah, a lot of a lot of familiar faces. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, because every time someone, some outsider comes in and they order some food, they're like, there's no food here. There's nothing here for you. Yeah. And I'm always like, I'm like, there, there's no way, there's no way that this little, like, English pub out here is not serving up, like, meat pies. Right. Every night. Every night. Yeah. Yeah, you know you can at least get, like, the, the full English breakfast, right? You know, they've got, like, baked oh, beans sure. and the, the black yeah. pudding. <laughs> like, a new person walks in and they, like... Are erasing the bangers and mash off the chalkboard. <laughs> Every, everybody like hides their plates. They're like, "There's no food here for you." It's like it's I like can. Speak easy. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, I can. Prior, see... like, 
throws all of its hot oil. Well, it's like, <laughs> yeah, a guy, a guy comes out of the kitchen in a chef's hat, and he's like, "She said there's no food here." <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can see the food in your mouth as you're saying that. It's like, no. <laughs> 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 nice. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, toward the end, do you guys have any uh, any last thoughts on the movie before we dive into the head cannon and then just kind of wrapping up here? I think I'm good. I think I covered everything. Yeah. What What else can I say? I mean, it's it, like I said, it's just the, it's the best movie. Yeah. It's, it's the it's the best werewolf movie ever made. Yeah. For sure. Well, and, and one one thing I did I wrote down was like I like when he gets attacked by the werewolf and and when he wakes up finally he's like how long have I been out and the doctor's like oh you've been out for three weeks and he's like oh am I okay he's like yeah and what the doctor says he's like oh you just have a couple cuts and bruises and a little lost blood and I was like what why was he out for three weeks what like was he just really <laughs> tired like what what caused him to be passed out for three weeks like yeah. that's a pretty significant. Uh, Mount, little coma there you know like <laughs> yeah yeah three weeks jesus um I thought something whenever like nurse price is helping the little boy and, and she's like here you go billy like here and she like, gives him like a pill and i thought it'd be funny if it was like actually like methadone or something <laughs> the, <laughs> little, the, the little kid who keeps telling her no to everything That's right. no no, no. <laughs> take your methadone well, and, and like, I, I think to Mike's point about this, this doctor deciding that he was the inspector and Nurse Price going, I think this hospital needs a little, like, they need a training program on, like, boundaries and ethics a little bit, right? Like, cause, right, because she's like, he's in my flat. Yeah, yeah. He's staying in my flat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, some different, uh, some ethics violations there, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and there's also a scene where he's trying to get arrested when he, he realizes like that he is creating, you know, he is causing these murders that he is something, you know, there's something wrong with him and he, he's trying to get murdered. And he's just like, he's like yelling things like out into a crowd. I thought one of, one of the things he yells is Shakespeare is French. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, what a, what a, what an insult that, that is. Well, and, and during that, tried to kill himself with like the smallest little pocket <laughs> yeah. yeah the little swiss army in the, t- in the phone bo- booth yeah yeah you're not james franco in that arm cutting off movie dude like come on that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah nice well you guys want to dive into our head cannons and, and wrap up the show here i can go first if you guys need a minute to think sure. um yeah, go for it. so i think my head cannon for this movie is that while he was in the lion's pen in the zoo right he he impregnated one of the lions, so then so then the lion gives the lioness gives birth to a little were lion. So it's like half lion, half werewolf man. So and so that would be my sequel. Would be this half lion, half werewolf wreaking havoc on the city. Oh man, you know it, it's funny because that's what the sequel is based on. It's based on on Nurse Price, Nurse Price having a child, and she's born as a werewolf. Oh really? Is, oh, is that? I've been so long since I've seen that. Is that Julie Delpy's character? So she was supposed yeah. to be. So Julie Delpy was Nurse Price's. She was their daughter then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she she was the like the the bloodline continues with her because she was born werewolf. But 
that would make a much better movie if it was actually one of one of the wolves. We went when he woke up in the wolf cage, right? And it was like one of the wolves gives birth. One of the wolves. Yeah. I didn't, why was I thinking? Why was I thinking it was lions? Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. It's like yeah. American wear lion. <laughs> that still works. <laughs> so wait so wait no he impregnated a lion and then he went to the wolf den that's what happened this would be be the reverse it was this would actually be a wolf that when the the, uh, on a full moon it changed into a human (laughs) that would be and then then it just like wanders into local pubs for a spot of tea but it's but it's trying to it doesn't know how to leave its wolf sensibilities behind. So it's like, it's like lapping up the tea, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The no shirt, no shoes policy for sure would affect it. It would be a problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how about you guys? Do either, either one of you have a, uh, have a, have a head cannon for this? Do you want to go Mike or you want me to go? No, you, you go ahead, Brent. Okay. okay yeah. Um, well, mine was kind of, I was thinking that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He at the very end, homeboy doesn't die. Okay, he wakes up in a morgue or whatever, and he makes his way. He wakes his uh, way back to Doctor Price. She has been impregnated by him. Okay, right, and 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 he he eats her by accident because he's still trying to like figure out his you know like his powers, and so he vows I'll never eat another person again. I'll figure it out. I'll eat like rats or chickens or wolves or other wolves or whatever. He takes his newborn son, f- flies a plane over back to America to get away, right? Because that's what you would do. Right. You want to get away from the heat. And raises him as as his own. Everything's fine. This this kid he reaches he starts to re- get into manhood a little bit. He's turning like sixteen. He's going to high school. He walks out his front door, right? This fucking van walk drives by, and his son is fucking standing on top of the goddamn thing, dancing. <laughs> so, are you saying is his son Michael J. Fox? Is this is this leading into Teen Wolf? <laughs> he is a teen werewolf that he then has to take care of, and he's kind of like a bumbling dad, like the dad in Modern Family or something <laughs> like that, like make mistakes, you know? Yeah, and they go full comedy. Yeah, I like that Teen Werewolf as a follow up to American Werewolf in London. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it, the, the time frame, I think, is there. Would line up, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you, Mike? What's your What's your head cannon? I say we get one final scene, maybe a post credit scene. We're back at the pub, slaughter lamb. Everyone's having a good time, drinking beers, throwing darts, eating the food that they don't actually have, <laughs> and all of a sudden. The pig Nazis bust in and just <laughs> mow everybody down. Right, just wipe wipe the town clean, wipe the curse right out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like your pen tingle has nothing on us, motherfuckers. And they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do feel like I want a movie about these pig Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Next week's episode is going to be an exclusive interview with actor Doug Jones. So we're not going to be covering any specific movie but you can refresh yourself on his filmography. Movies like Hocus Pocus, Tank Girl, uh, he was a silver surfer in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, any number of projects with Guillermo del Toro, Hellboy, Pan's Labyrinth, Mimic, um, etc. So 
be sure to check that out. And as always, you can find us on social media, Facebook at uh, Head Cannon Podcast, on Instagram at Head Cannon Pod. You can also find us on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod or the subreddit r slash horror movie pod well mike is there anything else anything you want to plug did you you guys because it's funny we had a uh we recorded with with mike on the on the podcast you guys are putting together right now do you guys have a name for that yet or do you want to uh explain it what what you guys are doing what people can look forward to yeah we don't we we're, we don't have a name for it yet but <laughs> well it'll we'll, we'll come up with one eventually but yeah. at the moment uh my friend JR and I, we are watching all of the the movies based on SNL sketches and just talking about them. Um, we're, we're recording all of the podcasts first mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll release them all like we'll probably do like a weekly thing. But uh, yeah, since since our schedules just are kind of like you know, very flexible and we have to move things around. We didn't want to like release one and then another one two months later and then another one, maybe like three days after that. So, so once they're all done, which should be probably like the end of this year, um, it'll be, it'll be our Christmas present to the world. (laughs) Our, our little SNL podcast. And we'll be sure to to post that link whenever that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you you guys got to do a couple, and uh, we thank you for that. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. for having us. Uh, the other thing that um, I like to plug is I recently became a contributor. Well, not recently. Uh, almost a year ago, I became a contributor to a really great music blog uh, called Postcard Elba, E-L-B-A. Uh, you can – a simple Google – We'll find that. And um, me and a few other like-minded music fans, uh, we just find music. We write up a quick little review of it, and uh, it's a great place to, to find new music. If, if you know, you just, you're just you in the, the mood to try something new, go check it out. Uh, we're currently on hiatus, but we should be logging again probably in the fall sometime. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Postcard yeah. Elba. Postcard Elba. Postcard Elba. Is that like Idris Elba's little brother? Like Idris went into the movies and then Postcard went into, into music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do you yeah. think Post Malone's little brother is called Postcard? Postcard <laughs> Malone. <laughs> Probably Actually, not. you know, Idris, Idris Elba went into music. He's a, he's a DJ. Oh, I heard that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He even there, he even uh, had a little Vanity Project movie made about uh, him being a DJ character. Really? Yeah, I never <laughs> saw it. <laughs> I don't know. Did anybody <laughs> see? It? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, we love you, Idris Elba. So, okay. yeah. he, he listens to this podcast. And we love you too, Mike. You guys, you and Jr. Man, and and of course Corey, my man, my main man Corey. Like you, the three of you guys are like some of my favorite people to talk to. Like it goes like my meet my um, my family that live in this house, <laughs> and then I enjoy talking to the three of you gentlemen. Nice. Other than yeah. that, the people start to annoy me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel the same way about you guys. Yeah, and it's it's funny now. All of our other guests listening to this podcast are like, "Damn, what the fuck, Brent?" <laughs> they fucking piss me off like a lot. Like, so. <laughs> fuck all of them. <laughs> I'm just, 
kidding. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, well, yeah. So thanks, Mike, for coming on. Uh, fuck all of our other guests we've ever had. This is Head Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh,